Welcome, everyone. I am so happy to introduce Venerable Dahani Oahu. She is our teacher today, and she speaks directly from her heart, offering pure wisdom teachings of direct insight and practical application in the tradition of Cherokee and Woodland View and Tibetan Buddhism. These are the mother and father streams that energize Venerable and are the foundation of all that she shares with us. Blessings, Venerable. Thank you so much. Uh, good afternoon, good morning, good, wonderful time wherever and whenever you are. May these words inspire you to recognize your natural state as luminosity and that all beings are your relatives, we are relatives in the dance, and may we recognize skillful and joyful opportunity as the holiday seasons unfold and we meet with relatives from both near and afar. For a moment, just contemplate what it means, family, what you feel within your belly, as you think, family. Who are we? How do we find each other? Why are we called together? You might say the, the song in our heart, the quest of exploring wisdom potential has been the ripple that set us into the sea of experience and those who float along with us and those who float more closely their vibration their song appears most similar when we think of the song of the blue whale its voice is so deep and encompassing. It is also the sound of the magnetic field of the earth. What does the whale attract? Blessings from the stars. And what do our inner voices invite? Family, friends, do we understand? the power of magnetism, how certain emotions seek to play themselves out, and the most wondrous gift is the gift of appreciation, how it is that we have this incredible gift of the human body and the opportunity to explore our minds. For some, there may be a tension on the discomfort for others, there is this inexorable longing for understanding and balance. For some, the sense of family is within, and for others, there is the looking for what matches outside. In truth, all that we experience, it occurs within our own heart, with our inner wisdom eye and examination of the heart. It becomes apparent how the 
dance of relationships is an expression of our emotion, the elements, and ultimately a dream. Whose dream? And are you ready to awaken? So longing for comfort, it is natural comfort how? That there is food, that there is safety, that there are circles of friends. How do we invite those friends? First, by being a good friend to this human body, ourself, understanding that within the very cells of our physical form also exist myriad points of mind, myriad points of consciousness in a dance of cooperation. When we think the answer is outside, that family, comfort, joy, it is experienced through others, then there can be a frustration when we consider, oh, my heart-mind perceives and chooses what is good, not good. Let me experience the ideal that is searched for as a song within my own heart. Well, how do we do this? When we have family gatherings and we may think so-and-so's politics are abhorrent or so-and-so's behavior is uncomfortable or so-and-so did this or that so many years ago and I don't know that I can forgive them. And so all these thoughts about so-and-so certainly can interfere with one's own digestion and one's own realization. So how is it so-and-so is part of my family? How is it we have invited ourselves to be here on earth together, to sit in the banquet hall of life? What does the person before me reflect about my own nature? Looking, 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 we may see familiar physical characteristics passed down from grandparents, great-grandparents. Looking, 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 we can see the child that person once was. Looking, 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 we can also see that person an aspect, a reflection of one family, one light from whence we have all arisen. Seeing the light behind the appearances may be the reason so many are now interested in genealogy. I think there is a deeper search and that search is to understand what is the nature of mind, what is the nature of relationships. 
The nature of our mind, is it the ripples of coming and going? No, it is not. The ripples are carried upon it. The heart and its pulsations, is it a brain? Does it make decisions? The heart is aware beyond decisions. The heart maintains a non-dual awareness. How do we choose to give thanks for those who are in our families? <clears throat> do you have a way? Certainly we think, well, they've raised me, they've cared for me, we've shared laughter together, we've walked together. That is a beginning of appreciation. And then we may look more deeply about what we've learned with each other. The moment walking by the shore with a family member or friend and noticing the dancing lights in the air, looking at each other wordlessly in wonderment, something precious shared beyond word. Aha moment, how precious. Recall some moment where there was no need for words as you walked with family, friend, or loved one. That aha is a communication of the heart. Stepping away from blame, shame, just being fully present in the moment. How wonderful. The ultimate song of liberation is expressed in our own heart song. An ideal. We may see it as an icon of an awakened being, a Buddha, a Christ, some holy being that has inspired you. The very fact that you may conceptualize that holy awakened being indicates the seed of that awakened being within. How wonderful and marvelous. Family members, mother energy, wisdom flows through each person, each situation. Ignorance, grasping, pushing away may occlude clear recognition of mother wisdom. Yet it exists. Perhaps mothers did not know how to care. Perhaps fathers were not even there. Still the potential and the energy of father wisdom skill that accomplishes, it flows through each and every one of us. So forgive what might have been, could have been, should have been. 
recognize in this moment each one is a parent of our tomorrow, this moment. We are the parent of what arises. So as we are sitting with our family members and we consider what it is we are thankful for, we understand we are thankful for life, for food, for water, for living in a, a relatively safe part of the world. And there are deeper treasures. In one of our practices, these deeper treasures are considered jewels. There is the diamond of penetrating insight that sees all things as they are. There is the ruby of compassion that understands the power of love and the magnetism of thought and voice that brings forth results in our lives. And thus one makes a commitment to be loving and kind to self and others. And there is the gem of the imperial topaz. It is the intelligence to build. To build what? To build the a network of good relationship to build a, a village of caring. It can be all over the world, and it is through the network of the heart that we communicate. So, insight to see things as they are, and the courage to peer away illusions, Oh, I am thankful that I have the intellect to see. I am thankful that I, in this moment, rebuild the network of joyous relationship. A net that accepts within that which is wisdom and life force enhancing and any other thought forms that are no longer or not supportive of expressing wisdom and joy, they touch the net and they melt away. Heart of compassion, the deep treasure of the ruby, a stone that is of protection in that love is the greatest swaddling cloth of all. What is it that we love? We love the opportunity to explore. We love the opportunity to share. And we understand that each part of our body-mind, like facets of light shining from a crystal, each facet of this body-mind is held together by the explorer's intention and we attract and disperse thought forms. We give birth to ideals of good relationship. So what is the intelligence that builds? It becomes our skillful practice. It becomes our willingness to replace uh, doubt with something that we 
are sure of, even just for a moment? What are you sure of? Inhale, exhale. Recognizing relationship of heart-mind with the elements. Understanding the power of our speech and experimenting. What do I want to energize? It may begin in a simple way. I wish to energize more joyful relationship with my co-workers. How shall it be energized? By observing my own heart, my own speech. Ah, I invite cooperation. Or does my speech look for and energize separation? Ultimately, what is appearing around us and how we understand the world is through the lens of our conditioned view. Things we've learned and we hold to be true. A relative truth, the ultimate truth, is that all appearances are energy, light, mind, intelligence, infuses all. Well, then how does ignorance and harm arise? Like a magnet attracting metal filings, thought forms and belief systems also attract more of like energy. And so the wise person, as this understanding arises, makes a choice to purify the view and the speech so there is no longer the attraction of the metal filings of dissonance or aggression, quieting the heart and mind. Does that mean ignoring? No, it does not. When the emotions, the experiences are observed without being lost within, we may find through the expression of the emotion an understanding. Does it mean you act out your anger? No. It means that we look at where does this anger arise? Is it something I want? Is someone disrespectful? Is someone not doing what I want them to do? Oh, they are not following this or that. They are not being predictable. Oh, they are not being controlled to take note of those thoughts as they arise. Oh, this anger, it is about wanting to control something. Well, what is there to control? What am I in charge of? My own mind, my own responses. So when we examine the emotion, rather than running from it, we see keys to unlocking a 
magnetic dance of confusion so that the potential of skillful action in the appearance can be found. So what are some of the other emotions that get people disturbed? Well, everyone wants to be recognized for their gifts and respected, that's clear. And also, we want to be heard. So, do we listen? When we listen, whether we like what we hear or not, can we see the words as energy moving towards more skillful action? Skillful action, it can be found hidden in the behavior of unkind birds or even the energy of jealousy. Oh, so-and-so has this or that. They have everything. Well, so-and-so works for this or that. And what do I wish to accomplish? So, understanding one's emotions rather than running from them also reveals some of the skillful ways of applying the energy of the mind. For example, children fighting over an item. Well, take the item away, place it up high, and let's all go out and look at the sky and enjoy the dance of the clouds. So it is not about possessing or being another. It is about communicating the different facets and views that are all reflections of one light. So who is in charge of your heart? Each one. How is the song of the whale? like the song of the electromagnetic sphere of the earth. Amazing. Something to research and listen for. The undercurrent of our emotions give rise to appearances. The song of the whale, it sustains a harmony within the earth. You may ask, well, how do you know this? Well, I've heard the songs of the whales, and recently I've seen documentation of the sound of the magnetic tubes that move about the Earth. And many years ago, um, we created a device where we place certain tubes inside the Earth and uh, put sand in the tubes and crystals to different degrees and heights. And when the third tube was placed here in the Green Mountains, we could hear resonating loudly the song of the whales in far away oceans. So just as the song of the whale moves through the earth, also our 
emotions, our joy, our pleasure, also resonates through the earth. And so the powerful medicine of giving thanks, this is the song that truly liberates. Giving thanks that another day has come. Giving thanks that one may walk, talk, sit, observe how precious it is, the dance of life. Even when it seems that there are challenges, one can give thanks that they are recognized and reveal potential gateways of skill. Having the gift of the human body in all of our relationships are indeed something wondrous. Let us not forget the gift of appreciation. Sometimes people may think, well, I have nothing to be thankful for. I work so hard. I have so little. Oh, it appears my life is hard. Then you can practice receiving. Maybe it is a picture of the thing you want, or it can be as simple as sweet peas that have been dried, and you pass them from one hand to the other. These peas I receive. These peas I offer. These peas I receive. These seeds I offer, that I may plant seeds of good cause that there may be more joy apparent. I am thankful for the gift of life. May all beings have happiness. So then you recognize, oh, I have peas in my hand, and these peas also represent the thoughts that I project and the ways in which I may plant seeds and bring about good results. I am thankful for this opportunity. Yep, there is much to be thankful for. When you think of your younger sibling or an older sibling, you share memories, you share experience, or perhaps you've just found each other again. What is the song that connects you? Do you recognize it? An easy indicator is the quality of the voice. Even if siblings have been raised in different parts of the world, there's a certain similarity in the voices. Frequency, songs, harmonies arising from our own mind's exploration, energizing the songs of jubilation and appreciation begin very simply. I am thankful. 
for the gift of life. And so this concludes the lecture portion of our conversation. And I invite you for two minutes just to think about what it means to you, family, family of origin, chosen family, spiritual family, human family, all the ways in which that word reveals to you its essence. Let us contemplate that. to feel within the heart our connection Joy, joy, joy. How wonderful. those things you are grateful for. How wonderful. Thank you so much, Venerable. So people who are listening on the phone, you can raise your hand if you have a question you'd like to ask Venerable with a star 2 on your keypad, whether you're on the phone or Skype, star 2 to raise your hand. And then for those who are listening on the webcast, you can type a question in the question box.
And I have a question, Venerable. In you talked about the ancestors, and one of the things that I realized that was very valuable to me many years ago was that the very work that I'm here to do in my own experience and to share with others is about the practice of releasing judgment, surrendering it, and releasing all opinions, all blocks to love. And that my family, my ancestors, seem to be frequently judgmental people. And that was something they taught me about, was being judgmental. And that it was my gift to heal that pattern. And it wasn't a burden, it was a gift. And I turned it around and saw the value in it. And I wonder if you have something you can offer us more about recognizing that perhaps what seems like a burden of the ancestors in our family is actually a gift that we can unfold and share with others. Yes, I think some of the most powerful and heavy burdens that are carried as an ancestral song or undercurrent of um, expression is isms, racism, Mm -hmm. sexism. And so um, over time, there has been the assumption that one group is better than others and we can uh, very blatantly look at the history of um, Native Americans uh, and their experience with the church beginning in the 16th century and also of slavery. So the echo of that uh, pride and greed and disrespect, it does um, move through the the family view uh, generation after generation. It may not be spoken. It may even be overridden by many good deeds to make reparation for uh, the errors of the past. And so we can look easily at uh, patriarchy. What does it mean? Father knows best, and uh, your choices and your possible futures are determined by your father's place in the world. Um, So... Certain scholarships are available to people whose fathers went to certain schools. Um, That is um, an example, although even their daughters can attend. That's an example of a a conscious intention to uh, nurture a certain view. 
we can um, walk down the street and uh, see someone in a hoodie and think, oh, that could be a dangerous person. Um, when that is a belief created and has caused harm. So this concept of other is a um, gauze over the heart and the eye. And the wise practitioner, the wise human being, takes notice of such thought forms arising. Some are not so easily seen. They become uh, like a secret, almost locked in place. So we may uh, look at one another and yet somewhere not understand completely the struggles that each have walked. To peel away concepts is, um, takes great courage and it is also the path of the ultimate liberation where the idea that my group, my vision, our way is the better way um, to consider pathways of cooperation is the, the wise choice. So where has it worked? How does it work? Well, it works in the or in the past it worked in the scientific community where people were able to test and evaluate uh, certain uh, experiments and replicate them and thus determine uh, beneficial medicines could be brought forward or um, better ways to create energy. So the idea of dominion over, even when one seeks dominion over self, um, dominion over has a, like a balloon. Um, the energy bursts out somewhere else. Whereas exploration, cooperation, transmutation reveals the cooperative dance that we are a human family and that indeed how we treat one another um, flashes back at us like light on a mirror. So when we speak of ancestral, um, some would say group karma. By being 
awake in the moment and choosing carefully our words and responses and dedicating our action that even the errors of our ancestors, because in this very moment we are here now, we may pacify and purify the errors and bring forth the potential of skillful action. Thank you. Yeah, it takes willingness to step outside mm -hmm. the ordinary view of what we've learned, mm -hmm. what we've learned. And all answers are the awakening within our own hearts. Yes. Thank you so much, Venerable. Mm -hmm. We have a question from Tara. She writes, thank you so much for sharing such amazing wisdom with us, Venerable. One question I have, knowing that words have power, is there a way to shield ourselves from destructive words that are simply expressed by one who's trying to break down and hurt us? It is true that some people, um, in fact, it has become uh, a way of being to use words as weapons to harm, to manipulate. And the wise practitioner makes a choice about what is accepted into their own aura. Having established clear boundaries of right relationship, we make certain agreements, well, this is how we can best understand each other. Uh, when, out of ignorance, some think that they feed and are energized by anger out of the habit of uh, using harmful words and are arguing um, with deep emotional energy. When having uh, those behaviors, in a sense, they are habitual because the brain becomes accustomed to uh, the energy of um, fight. So the wise person in understanding the dynamics of human behavior makes very clear here is the boundary of right relationship. These are the ways in which we can speak. And these are the ways that are not benefiting understanding. Um, when unkind words are spewed like weapons, that a wise person be wrapped in the cloak that only accepts that which is wisdom and life force enhancing. Uh, 
When two-year-olds want to argue with you, the best result is not to argue at all. So hold your seat in wisdom and, I mean, in love and compassion, and then there's no door or no opening that if we start feeling angry and upset and irritated, that opens the door. Yes, it is true. Mm -hmm. When, When seeing the potential of uh, anger and someone is projecting anger, uh, better to know it is their experience and not your own. And if for chance you did something that they think they're angry about, you take note of it so you do not in the future uh, energize such a display. For example, if if the two-year-old has been told they can no longer have ice cream because they're shown to be lactose intolerant, um, and they're not pleased about it, I'm not going to eat ice cream in front of them. So also understanding where people are. What can they hear? What are they ready to have you share with them? So there are certain teachings that you can only share with others when there has been created a a ground for them to understand. So the person who reacts strongly to the explorer's commitment to understand the nature of mind, and uh, the friend says, well, why is that important? When you should do this or do that, uh, means conversation only on this or that. Until one has created the pathway of communion about the deeper explorations possible. Also, anger is um, a thought form in energy. And some people are. Um, in the thralls of the negative thought forms of anger or fear or harm causing. So such um, energy patterns uh, feed on people and people allow themselves to be food by succumbing to their reactive states. And 
this is why spiritual practice or practice of mindfulness, however you name it, is important because these methods tame the mind so that one may see the insertion of the thought form of dissonance and choose not to energize it rather than be carried away by it. Venerable, so it's valuable to us to recognize our feelings, our emotions, and to feel the emotions as well as the feelings, the um, intuitive feelings and insights, and to honor both. Now, in terms of the emotions, how do well, we... Well, I would like to, I'd like to just go a little deeper to yes. recognize the emotions without being carried away by them. To see, oh, this feeling arises when this or that happens. What does it tell me about my emotions and mind? And what is the, its resolution as an awakened and loving action? that's congruent with my life path. So just because uh, I have, um, it's comforting when people eat uh, fat and sweet like ice cream, it doesn't mean that it will sustain you in a healthy way if that's all you ate. So the emotions, we, we don't want to give ourselves the excuse to, to rail at the night and be angry or to be passive. We want to see, oh, this emotion, hmm, I sense this. Is it uh, arising? in me or what of my view and belief system invites this emotion as a gateway of exploration. So a simple example, someone cuts you off on the road. Whoa, you may be deeply annoyed or you may notice, oh, I'm safe and I want to get where I'm going. May they get where they're going. So then it becomes clear there are choice points, moments in which we can decide how to respond to the impulse. And so I consider those moments, those choice points, as gateways to uncovering a skillful method. Is that where you were going, Jennifer? Yes, and the wise 
practitioner sometimes can even find themselves uh, stewing in an emotion or feeling that there can be benefit in really exploring an emotion, sadness, hurt, to discover something more. Is it even necessary? Yes, to to look at well, where does sadness arise? How does it arise? Does it mean I am not getting something I think I need? Or does it mean I don't recognize the treasures I have? And and even more. So people who are very intuitive, they may sense um, before large events, they may experience uh, sadness or anxiety, say, before large earthquakes, or as many know through the research that was done at Princeton, um, with random analysis that just before the World Trade Center on September 11th, so long ago, was um, hit by airplanes, there was an excitement in the field of the human family. So, yeah, we do sense things. And to take note of sensing. Like the elephants know before the earthquake to reach high ground. So this uh, ongoing communication with the environment is a wondrous conversation and not to be ignored. And also uh, the feelings we have. Oh, sadness arising. May people have what they need. May methods be revealed of reconciliation and cooperation. May all beings have love. So in some stages of training, one literally follows to the source of the emotions. So they can be coming from creatures that live in the sea or along the shoreline, uh, crying out for help. And then what do you do? You send forth the energy of the world made well. All things begin as a thought. Let us energize the thought of the ocean's healing, the people's healing, the animal's healing, and that all appearances arise from mind and ultimately are not separate from the awakened state, let us energize the result that reveals and liberates. Thank you so, so much. 
You're welcome. Another example of that practice is called Tonglen, when you sense uh, people suffering as refugees or people suffering from uh, war or hunger, um, you imagine that the, the safety and good food you experience becomes their experience. So sitting at home, having the blessing of a home, may others also find their way home unto the shore that is free from illusion. And at some point as one observes the Emotions, mind, the display. Ah, it is that. It is a display. And in my heart, this person sitting here, I observe the display resolving into compassionate skillful action and ultimately things are seen as they are. So when we read the news, what can we do? We feel something. Uh, there is disturbance in one's own heart. One can avoid the news, or one may energize the skillful wisdom arising that ameliorates suffering, that all can recall we are dreamers in this dance. And there are different layers and ways of, of these practices. Uh, in the doing stage, it is to cultivate generosity, compassion, caring, and uh, medicines. May people have all those things they need at a, a deeper level. It is correcting the thought forms of separation in our own body-mind that we can echo the song of liberation that all may recall their natural wisdom state. In a sense, it's like clarifying the natural state. That's just a bit. <laughs> <laughs> Very helpful. Thank you so much, Venerable. And 
If anyone has a question on the phone, star 2 on your keypad to raise your hand. You can type in a question if you're listening on the webcast. We have Shan raising her hand here. Good morning, Jennifer. Good morning, Venerable. Good morning, Shan. Well, good afternoon to you. <laughs> um, I This kind of follows with uh, Jennifer's original question, and you've actually answered it in the discussion today, but I'm going to ask it anyway in case there's a little more you might want to add. Um, when you're working or you're embracing thankfulness and gratitude in your life, and, you know, you find that it's pretty easy to be thankful for all the positive things that happen in your life and all the beautiful things that happen in your life. And then how do you expand that uh, embracing of gratitude for events that are really challenging or feel negative or are scary or whatever, those kinds of um, uh, events and people and situations that we find ourselves in that's part of the human experience, how do we embrace thankfulness in that those situations? Um, this would fall under the heading of utilizing emotions. Uh-huh. When, when you feel an emotion uh, such as uh, attachment, anger, dullness, pride, or envy, simply recognize it. Do not suppress it. Do not indulge it. Do not mentally try to alter it. Instead, suspend the emotion in a way that it is lucidly present and with a spacious openness. Okay. Create a more intense emotion by bringing to mind something even more provocative than the previous objects. Once the emotion is created, see it dissolve. When full of dread and terror caused by magical displays of gods and demons, recognize the fearful thought. Neither suppress nor indulge it. Rather than trying to correct it, train in simply being in that fearful thought in a way that is clear, naked, and awake. And by doing so, the thought is experienced as meditation training. The magical displays subside. So whatever arises is actually a part of our practice. And this is from uh, Clarifying the Natural State by Dakpo Tashi Namgyal. And it is a, a, a handbook for the Mahamudra practitioner. Mm -hmm. Very clear. <laughs> Thank you, Venerable. You're welcome. And we have Molly raising her hand. Molly? 
Hi. Hi, Venerable. Hi, Jennifer. So grateful for this opportunity to be on the call today. And as I've been tuning in, um, I'm sitting outside, and it was a flash of a beautiful rainbow. So I'm grateful for this moment and this time to be with you all on the call. Um, a few, one of the questions that arose, and I'm just reflecting on everything that has been shared, um, is around the emotion of anger and the display of anger, particularly um, when it is directed um, at you or someone else. And do not energize like you um, spoke about. But is there ever a skillful means of, like in sometimes in martial arts, that this play continues to come? We, um, without emotion, we will say sweep the person or we uh, <laughs> um, maybe kick them in the stomach but without hurting them. Is there ever, uh, is that ever a, a method of skillful means? I guess yes, when, when people are still in the stages of pacifying and transforming, yes. So you create a clear boundary that this is not acceptable here. Mm. Um, and so in, imagine the movement of the sweep where someone is, uh, by their own weight and momentum taken to the floor. Um, they have a choice and stepping in still then they are taken to the floor, they still have a choice uh, to either cease uh, or not. So clear boundaries are very much a part of spiritual practice mm. where we say to those we meet um, what is acceptable and what is not acceptable and uh, that each one is in charge of their own mind and their choices. So I would not allow the child to keep throwing things. I would gently encircle them with my arms and say, hey, what is it you really want to say? And when that doesn't work, well then, you go sit there and I'm going over here until such time as it is clear we can speak. So yes, we do want to establish boundaries of right relationship. Um, and it doesn't necessarily have to be fighting. It just can be, hey, um, those are not the codes I wish to uh, indulge in. So we all have codes of right relationship. Um, and we also know that the emotional momentum that each person carries uh, from yesterday to today often 
appears in the moment uh, out of nowhere and not related to the moment. And thus, each one is responsible for uh, creating a clear dance ground and uh, how we will communicate in that clear dance ground. It's actually more helpful and kind. Mm -hmm. There is more to your question. Um, I think it kind of, I don't know, I'll just speak it, because it, the other question that arisen, and it may or may not be related, it um, also related to Jennifer's original question around um, self-judgment and judgment of others, uh, which may, can manifest, I think, in anger, self-anger or um, projected anger, and is the skillful means purifying going through our own stages of purifying and practice. Um, and if you could speak a little bit more around that. Yes. Anger is a, a very interesting lens because it can be a magnifying glass turned upon ourselves or upon others. And we can be angry with ourselves about uh, not fully doing what we set out to do, or the anger can be the echo of someone else's expectation or projection. Therefore, it is good and wise to explore those thought forms and expectations. Like, it, we say there's no such thing as an accident. Usually, like where we stub our hand or where we uh, burn our hand, it is like our self calling attention to, oh, your action uh, has a bit of uh, lackadaisicalness or perhaps you weren't attentive enough. And so rather than getting too caught up in judgment, think of, well, how may I express ever more joyfully and skillfully my intention, in this case, to realize Buddha mind? Hmm. So, uh, someone else's action or projection is that someone else's. Our response is our own. And to observe and watch the response and allow it to to show its uh, natural luminosity is a, a deep way of practicing. And when we set out to practice, we establish the ground. 
there is the ground cover. There are the tent poles. There is the tent cover. There is the net. So we understand the importance of establishing a, a code of, of right behavior. In this place, we are practicing. In this place, we are doing this or that. And where there is uh, the emotion of uh, lethargy, let the energy to accomplish reveal itself. Where there is the appearance of jealousy, let it be seen the potential and the means of accomplishment. Where there is dullness, let pristine awareness through dedication and practice wash away the dust of confusion. Where there is grasping, let the gems of wisdom, the wisdom within each appearance, be revealed. Where there is anger, oh, let there arise compassion. That the energy of transmutation is revealed. So, these are parts of the uh, gathering and accomplishment uh, stages, and they have benefit to be recalled. So, who is the harshest judge? I think the one's own mind is the most harsh judge. And are others' opinions important? They can mirror, reflect, and ultimately it is our own mind's remembrance of the inseparability of awakened state and ordinary action. Is that helpful? Very helpful. Thank you so much, Lenoir. Oh, you're welcome. Venerable, I have one more question. Uh, going back to when you were talking about the anger, it seems to have brought up many things for many people. I wonder if you could speak about if someone feels like they have an energetic attachment in their aura, in their field. There was When you were talking about anger, you seemed to be... Um, speaking about some kind of attachment could happen. Yeah, that does happen, where people um, may walk into a place, like when one visits a, a battlefield, 
uh, you can experience ghosts, and you may feel the discomfort of the place. And sometimes it is carried on one's aura because uh, that attachment found a, a place of resonance and or uh, unawareness in the energetic body of a person. So what do you do? Well, from the Cherokee perspective, the first step is to uh, seal the aura. How do you seal the aura? You make prayers and give thanks for all that you've received, and you make the clear intention that where you walk, sit, move, rest, all is sacred space. And then one works with a process called smudging, where uh, certain herbs are burned in a shell, and they are wafted all around one's body, and one even steps over them. And so a uh, thought form of dissonance energy, projection of mind. There is no place for you here. You flow on the smoke into the sky. Or you may cross water, cross a stream. Again, I am leaping over the attachment or the um, clinging of such thought form or being, I leap over the water and leave it behind. May it find its way to understanding. Um, so those are two uh, simple methods of um, divesting oneself of thought form, energy beings that in a sense are like parasites uh, feeding on the emotions and feelings of others. Um, yes, it, it does happen that uh, a thought form or someone afraid to move on into the light um, clings to the life force of others, and those beings are dispelled with uh, prayer and clear uh, speech and action, and repairing one's own light body. So how do you repair your light body? Uh, with strong and fervent um, commitment to practice prayer, to um, recognizing what is sustaining and seeing washed away and uh, becoming compost that which is no longer sustaining.
Very helpful. Thank you, Venerable. You're welcome. Very clear. I would like to remind everybody that you have a class on Saturday that people can still register for. It's one of your expanded awareness classes. It's entitled, The Stories We Tell, What Are the Stories of Our Lives? And you'll be exploring the significance of archetypes and how the archetypes you've chosen resonate with your ideal awakened state. I know that it's going to be powerful, rich, life-changing, wisdom-enhancing. <laughs> and as we're coming to a close here, I wonder if you could just say one thing about the gratitude we can hold for the gift of a precious human birth. Oh, how amazing and miraculous it is that we even get here at all. <laughs> that all of the elements, they coordinate in such a way that we have a body-mind that may explore myriad realms. And so to give thanks to our parents, all of those who have been our parents, and to sense all of them as a song within our heart is a powerful medicine. To just think about each mother you've had, each father is a, a contemplation on awakened wisdom. Thank you, Venerable. And I, I feel so grateful for your teachings and for the ability to hear your voice and feel your being. I'd like to offer the, the long life prayer. I invite others to join me. Emanation of rainbow light, Dharma wisdom, three fires bright, guide upon the beauty rose, calling all to see, crystal reflection, boundless compassion, caller of four winds, wise grandparents, seven sisters. May your mission be accomplished. May we assist you in the light. May you receive many blessings and live a long good life. We thank you, Dahani Oahu, gift to the people, great mystery, great lady of the Buddha families who holds the secret of Vajrayana in the lotus grove of the teachings of the practice lineage. You are the glory of the Buddha's teachings and of sentient beings. Blessed of the Vajra Dakini, may your life to Haniawahu ever remain firm and long. They all find their way to the shore free from illusion and thank you for the invitation to be an electronic grandmother. <laughs> Yes. Wado. Wado. See you in the light and on Saturday we speak. <laughs> <laughs>
Yes. Thank you, Venerable. Bye-bye.